Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 17, Stonehenge with Lauren Shippen of The Bright Sessions. But we'll get to that in a second. This has been a crazy week, listeners. As of this recording, we are number 33 in all of iTunes, society, and culture charts. And we're number 161 overall in all of iTunes. What is happening? The iTunes chart. Like, we're 161 in the iTunes chart. We just passed Alice Isn't Dead? What is happening? We love you guys so much. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Welcome. We hope that you stick around and tell your friends. You guys have been writing some really, really nice ratings and reviews for us on iTunes. If you haven't already, please do that. The more you rate and review us, the more people we get to tell drunk stories to, and we love that. Maybe maybe get that top 100. Maybe get some mm. super cool high-profile guests on the show. I mean, that Maybe get a sponsor. So Listen, you know, we're just dreaming big here. And we've also heard from you on Twitter and Facebook, so we just want to shout out a few of you. Luke Bozerman, Nocturnal Druid, Philip Ellis, Grace Reloda, Kate Smith, who had some beautiful bird woman fan art. You guys are making Making us fan art? What fan is happening? Art. So Guys, cool. We love fan art. Make us whatever you want. We will tweet it. We'll put it on Facebook. We will send it to our moms. I might get a tattoo of one of them in the future. I mean, like, she probably will. We'll get drunk and she'll go get a tattoo. Any, oh, I don't condone drunk <laughs> tattooing. Anyway, continuing. Uh, Violent Nichols, uh, Mimi Vasker, Tiny Dino, who had some very cool, kind of creepy, kind of cool fan oh, art. That was the first one, and we're just obsessed with it. Yeah, we're definitely going to make some t-shirts in the future, and I think kind of creepy, kind of cool has to be on one of them. I mean, we're also, we want photos of that to put in our house. We do, absolutely. Uh, Michaela Price, Bo Bryant, Juanheda Lita, who was doing some awesome live tweeting and sent us some very cool photos of Philippine mythology, uh, like books and art that they had lying around their house. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, David Reinstrom, host of Radio Drama Revival and the new host of Secrets, Crimes, and Audio Tape by Wondery. I think it's coming out September 20th, so definitely go and take a look at that. Wondery has some super cool projects in the pipeline, and we are so happy for David, one of our very own, you know, audio drama, um, you know, Twitter buddies, nerds, really just making it big. So congratulations. Um, and so we sort of have someone to thank for our iTunes ascendancy. Uh, and that is Rose Eveleth of Flash Forward, a podcast that we actually guest starred on last week. And we think that that was the bump that sort of got us, you know, into that whole uh, iTunes that roller iTunes coaster. Colbert bump. She gave, she, uh, yeah, Rose is the Stephen Colbert of the podcasting world. We did a really cool episode with Rose. Uh, she had a AI generate a script about the future, which yeah. was incredible uh and that future happened to feature which is from mars so she was like who do we call spirits uh it's an awesome show flash forward it sort of conceptualizes uh one version of the future you know does a kind of fictional like radio drama you know immersion into it and then continues throughout the episode to talk to experts about what that future might actually you know entail and how we would get there uh one last housekeeping thing you guys have been really cool about sending us messages uh about questions you have about the show about mythology questions I've yeah, gotten research. a couple on Facebook. Yeah. What we would really like is if you guys want to send us an email, if you have questions uh, at spiritspodcast at gmail.com, um, we might just read them out on the show at the end of an episode. Fan mail. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's really great. And our final thanks of the week is to Lauren Shippen, whose show, The Bright Sessions, is way above us on the charts in iTunes, as it should be. So good. We love it so much. We shift the characters. We have done some, you know, fan art of our own in our, you know, Marvel of our notes at work. We cannot speak more highly about The Bright Sessions. It's one of our favorite, favorite shows, our favorite audio drama by far. Um, if you 
haven't listened to it, definitely listen to it. It is about people with superpowers in therapy. Which are two of our favorite things. Um, so the next season is coming out relatively soon, so it's a great time to catch up. And Lauren had some very, very cool things to say about English lore and, you know, druidism and paganism and Stonehenge. Oh, it's so good. It was fantastic. We were drinking some great English pale ale, which is normally not the kind of beer that I drink, but you know, I like a good pint, like an English joiner or mason or whatever they do. Amanda's more of a stout person. I like a good pale ale. Yes, awesome. So welcome to everyone who is newly with us on this ride. Without further ado, it's Spirits Podcast, episode 17, Stonehenge with Lauren Shipping. Well, we are so excited to welcome today one of our podcast role models. Oh, podcast Lauren. really. <laughs> Lauren of The Bright Sessions, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be with you guys. Absolutely. Our pleasure. I, I don't know what you're going to talk to us about today, so it's, I'm just... I do. I'm in this newborn babe, as normally happens here on Spirits. <laughs> yes, so I'm going to uh, talk to you about one of my lifelong obsessions, which Great. is Stonehenge. <gasps> yes. And it's particularly relevant for me right now in my life, because I just spent the summer solstice there. Oh my gosh. I got to be there for the... the the witchiest of holidays. The witchiest of holidays. <laughs> in the witchiest it. of places. And it was very interesting, and we'll get to that, but first I should probably give some background on Stonehenge. Yeah. Sure, no. all of my, the only knowledge I have of Stonehenge is like an Eddie Izzard uh, bit. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what Eddie Izzard bit? Uh, he does one about like just history, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and his one, it's about like how the rocks were like dragged from like 10,000 miles away or whatever. Yeah. That's not right, but that's <laughs> the right number. Um, but he's like, 10 oh, miles away would have been a lot. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was just like, oh yeah, you know, like they had these people and they're just like, oh, we need to move these rocks. And like, oh, how far is it? They're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, so it actually was, I mean, it wasn't 10,000 yeah. miles, obviously, but it is, it was like 300, 400 miles that they dragged some of the stones from Wales. Which oh yeah. And quarries of like far west. Yeah. Of, I think yeah. that was the blue stone. There's two different types of stone. I mean, I'm not an archaeologist, so I'm not going to get really technical with the type of rock it's all about amateurs yeah. here. <laughs> Great. Um, but for uh, those who don't know anything about Stonehenge, it was constructed sometime four or 5,000 years ago around mm-hmm. between basically like 3,000 BC and like 1600 BC. Wow. Um, and they think the first stones were probably erected in like 2100 BC, uh, but that they were there kind of just lying on the ground for a little while before mm. they brought them up. Um, mysterious. And <laughs> very mysterious. <laughs> and this was before the wheel was invented. Oh yeah. So they Hello. somehow got these stones from Wales just and dragged it. them to, yeah, to like Southern England for who no, knows why? Those poor Welsh people. Yeah, it's quite a trek. There was actually a thing uh, in the past year that suggested that there was actually a henge built in Wales that then they kind of collapsed and moved because oh. they found some like carved stones or something in Wales recently that suggested that they were part of the same stones that exist in Stonehenge. They were like, maybe oh, yeah. that this was like kind of actually just relocated. Like they kind of just collapsed it and then brought the whole thing down. It's like, it's like, like a, a pop art store. Right. Circus. <laughs> <laughs> just like a oh, no. traveling circus yeah. of like, like okay, it's been a hundred years.
years. Let's move it somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if, like, the society moved or what because... And this is my favorite thing about Stonehenge. We still don't know really anything about it. I love that. I love it, too. so cool. I also love to think about what artifacts of ours will societies 10,000 years from now be like, what were they doing? What was this? Yeah, like, I I can't think of an example right now, but, like... Something like Pokemon, probably. A sport or, like... (laughs) Right, like like a Pokedex. these weird animals that just didn't exist. Right, or, like, trash dumps, which seem like, you know, churches in a way. Like, you know, everyone goes to them, they're centrally located, like, they're big pits of things. Good point. I think about this all the time. Trash dumps, that's really (laughs) interesting. Yeah, like, kind of, like, landfills, like, junkyards. Yeah, or, like, parking lots, right? Like, parking lots seem to be, I mean, the way we think of them now is that they serve, like, the building, but they, if you look at them from sort of aerially, all roads lead to them. Like, they're, you know, big open areas with big lights. Like, you know, what's, it seems like they were some kind of, like, coliseum of the 21st century. Maybe Stonehenge was just a parking lot. Maybe the coliseum was just a parking lot. (laughs) Holy shit. That's like, like, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But, well, actually, there's not even really a working theory for Stonehenge. There's a bunch of Mm. theories. For a long time, people assumed that that's where the Druids would have their religious ceremonies. Okay. And so the solstice, a lot of Druids come for the solstice, and a lot of, I got, like, my stones read by, like, a Nordic guy. Cool. Awesome. He, like, told my fortune, kind of, with these stones with these symbols on them, which is very cool. And can you explain Druids a little bit? Yes. Because so, all I'm thinking of is the Dungeons & Dragons, uh... Okay. <laughs> not um, It's, I mean, it's not that dissimilar in terms of, like, Druids now are kind of neo-pagans. They're okay. Wiccans. I mean, it's, it, there aren't actually that many Druids left in the world, mm-hmm. but it was revived, like, the Druid movement was revived in the 1850s by all of these, like, kind of English intellectuals who... Mm, that seems super early, but I like it. Right? Yeah. Who yeah. were just, like, kind of into magic. Like, this was sort of... Pre and during Aleister Crowley and Hall's oh, weird yep. sex magic. Nice. Yep. Nice. Sex magic. Okay. Sex magic cults. The, the mm-hmm. druid. Cool. Um, and druids actually date much further back. The mm-hmm. I think the first mention of them is the Romans. Like Caesar mentions druids. Yeah, that's right. And they were basically like really high status people. So they were like the doctors and the philosophers and the priests and, you know, kind of the, the, you know, well-learned individuals right. of society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so people thought that that's, that Stonehenge was where they kind of hung out because it was mysterious and it was in this kind of magical part of England and mm. it's surrounded by all these burial mounds where mm-hmm. these kind of high-status people were buried. Oh, really? I didn't um, know. Yeah. And there's, they've excavated like something like 500,000 bones from Stonehenge oh and from God. the surrounding area. Creepy. That makes it a lot cool. better and creepier. Right? I visited it one time oh, and it, it was it was just like a lovely little Mound of rocks. Yes. <laughs> like it's a little Very park picturesque. right on the side of a of a, like a parkway or not even like a, like a three lane road in, in England. Yeah, a bunch of grannies and school kids <laughs> and me and just like hanging out Some in the rain nearby right. or something like yeah. that. And you, there's like a lovely little cafe and then you leave. Yeah, but knowing that it's surrounded by bones, that's yeah. a lot better. So okay, so we'll get to what's underneath Stonehenge in a little bit. Ooh, yeah. But there's still obviously yeah. Stonehenge. <laughs> um, but to finish up the druids, so they thought that that because of all these high status burial mounds and stuff, that that's where the druids were practicing their religion and then that they were buried in that area. Makes sense. Cool. It, Stonehenge predates Druids by like 2,000 years, so <laughs> not quite probably not right. Yeah. Um, but it still could potentially be some sort of religious temple. Um, yeah. The reason that the solstices are such a big deal is because there's this one rock kind of standing outside of the stones that when the sun rises in the summer and sets in the winter, it's 
the shadow of the stone cast perfectly in the center of Stonehenge. Oh, the man. Lone rock. The yeah. lone rock. Yeah. So, sundial style. Exactly. So I think maybe it was a, like a big astrological calendar or some sort yeah. of sun oh, temple. That's so cool. I love thinking about like how advanced like past generations were. Like we give them such little credit, but they like yeah. could figure out how the like sun and moon worked. Yes. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Looking up at the stars, wondering things. Like they have their own you know hopes and dreams and fears and jealousies and <laughs> paranoias and you know fantasies about the world. Yeah. Exactly. And they and I think want to build something tangible on Earth that can maybe reflect the sky so they can really see how things connect to yeah. each other. And so what's under Stonehenge that they, they discovered in the past couple of years is a much larger sequence of henges and mounds and yeah. all sorts of things. What? So there's oh, actually so cool. a super henge underneath. Super henge. So good. <laughs> Hashtag super henge. Hashtag super henge. Amazing. Um, and they it's obviously like, It's cannot... like the turducken of mythology. Exactly. <laughs> Inside the henge is a larger henge somehow. <laughs> Big on the inside. Oh, exactly. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so obviously they can't like dig up Stonehenge yeah. because it's a and sacred like, and site. And by or... definition, older than existing Stonehenge. So like that shit is old. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, they think that it was probably constructed sometime in 5,000, 6,000 <gasps> BC. Wow. And they've been using these That's like X-ray like, yeah. lawnmower type things. Amazing. <laughs> They're basically okay. like, like better and better. <laughs> the machine that like X-rays <laughs> like the ground. And they've, and so this sequence of henges and burial mounds and all sorts of structures they've discovered does have some sort of like astrological reflection. I don't know exactly what that is. I, right. I mean, I'm again, not an astrologist either or an <laughs> astronomer. I should say not an astrologer. I'm not either of those I things. I mean, you could be both. <laughs> both are related to Stonehenge. Um, so, everything's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as we discover more about what's under there, I think maybe the, the astronomical theory could be actual good theory because yeah. none of the other ones I've heard have been that convincing. The other one that I think is really cool just in terms of advanced societies mm-hmm. is there's this theory that's come forward in the past couple of years of Stonehenge as a musical instrument. Mm. That's cool as fuck. Right? I love that. <laughs> the, people have thought that it might be a concert hall because the acoustics in it are really good. Mm-hmm. But then there's this one, um, like, acoustician. Ac- 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 he's like an archaeological acoustician. It's like a... <gasps> Archie, the archaeology of sound, right? Yeah, basically. Ah. And he, there, he was saying something about how... Let's date. If, <laughs> yes, if you're listening, it's also some take land out. It's also <laughs> some, like, black tape shit, too. Like, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, like, like the unsound. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Totally it's just the sound of Stonehenge. Yeah. Yeah. And recently, news came out that in lots of the, like, oldest cave painting in the world sites, they realized that the places in the caves that the paintings have been made are where the acoustics are the best. So they so like storytelling and shit like exactly. that. Exactly. Oh, so they realized cool. that they probably had some kind of chanting and like group music and sort of like that was part of the ceremony and that's why they marked you know the cape hangs there because that's where the ritual actually happened. That is dope. Were smart <laughs> and they realized right like where to where to do the thing for the people best. People are effect. so much smarter than we give them credit. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And this one was so involved. This theory was that had something to do with like creating pockets of silence or something. Whoa. So if you played pipes in like one part of Stonehenge and another part of Stonehenge, it would actually the two sounds would then make other parts in the henge completely silent and like devoid of sound because oh, the way that the cool. sound waves bounce that's off so the stones advanced. which yeah. is so involved I don't know like how accurate that actually is I like just thinking about but, it but I like, mean it I think it's like the really... vacuum of space yeah. right like I mean exactly. there's so many cool things in there may yeah. I say aliens 
<laughs> right. So <laughs> if you want to get into the weird theories yes, of we love how weird Stonehenge theory. the dark theories. theories. Um, so along with the Druid theory, Jeffrey of Monmouth, who was the guy who wrote like all of the early Arthur Arthurian legend and mm-hmm. Merlin Solid legend and stuff. Yeah. Um, he so I mean he like sort of pitched himself as a historian, but like all of his writings are totally yeah. crazy. And there's one that suggests that um, Merlin built Stonehenge mm-hmm. and like because why not like flew the rocks from Wales or something, and right. then that legend kind of morphed into this giant race like carrying the stones for Merlin. That there was this race of giant people who right. had om- almost been wiped out by Noah's flood. Yeah. And then somehow a couple of them survived. And like English in Wales. giant lore is like a thing. In right. Yeah. yeah. And so Merlin, I guess, was like buddies with these guys yeah, and said, not. hey, I want to build like a temple down in England. I have a lot of heavy shit to move. That's a great way. <laughs> yeah. Kids, we're going to play the with. quiet game in the car now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Giants, we're going to play the carry the big rock game. Carry the big rocks. Yeah. And they, I mean, these rocks are 50 tons. Yeah. Like they, the scientists have not figured out how people would have gotten them from Wales to England. And so, yeah, the giant theory, I think, is, is a fun one. That's and a then really good one. I guess the Giants just like went back to their lives. I don't know if they were really yeah. part of like the ceremonies that took place there. Retreat but. to the Welsh Highlands yeah, or the exactly. Lowlands or the quarries. Like, I guess they owed Merlin a favor. Like, I don't really so know. So we're going to go, like, or they're like under a mountain now. Yeah, like, exactly. Hey, Baldrick, your cousin said that you aren't as strong as him. Like, okay, it's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, we're going. Well, fuck Baldrick, this is going down. <laughs> yeah, I, like, Merlin's sense. being like, I bet you guys can't carry these stones. Like, I bet exactly. you can't do it. Exactly. <laughs> like, we're going to prove you wrong. I also feel like Jeffrey of Monmouth also had, like, a reputation of doing, uh, like, Merlin could see the future kind of stuff because like that was yeah. a big thing mm-hmm. in that period and it was like Nostradamus Merlin yeah. same thing yes absolutely mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah I mean all of the Merlin stuff is so I mean he's such an interesting figure mm-hmm. and that's definitely very like closely connected with Stonehenge in that yeah. part of the world mm-hmm. and kind of just all of these different legends and myths and I mean it's and you can't really nail any of them down I mean that's the problem with something mm-hmm. that was built before written word was really a thing. You just gotta keep guessing. Yeah. Just maybe this. So aliens are naturally a guess that a lot of people have because how else would we have been able to get the stones there? Alien technology, they came. I don't know why they would have helped us out. Like, well, because it's it's funny too. It's the same bullshit where it's like, oh, aliens helped uh, build the pyramids. Right. Why? There's no reason that they would make these giant things. No. Why? Yeah, because yeah. it's hard for us to fathom, right, previous brains yeah. and previous uh, situations. But what I love about Stonehenge is how human scale it is. Like, the pyramids are almost hard to fathom because yeah. they are, you Giant. know, they're just, exactly. Like, even for people now where we have skyscrapers and things, like, it's amazing to just look up at them, not that I have been there, but not here, you know, and <laughs> yeah. just say, like, you know, how is this thing made by human hands? But Stonehenge is, like, just big enough and just far enough out of the reach of, like, practical imagination that you're like, well, human beings freaking did this thing. And it's yeah. you know? crazy. Yeah. 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 And, like, I, I, at least with the pyramids, we, you know, opened them up and found a bunch of, like, dead kings and we're like, right. oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes we, sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Line for yeah. for a dead person, but Stonehenge. It's like we just keep finding all this random stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's still mostly standing. Yeah, and like it's symmetrical enough that you're like something is going on here. You yeah. know, this wasn't well, just like people decided let's put some rocks up. Right, right. like it was, it was just like, rock very like yeah. deliberate mm-hmm. and like a lot of work went into it. And then it's you know I think they've been able to figure out what it looks like before stones fell down. But then there yeah. were people early on who thought that, that some of the stones that had fallen down were there deliberately as well, like mm-hmm. the altar stone, which is the one that's like oh, flat yeah. in the middle. Narnia style sense. sacrificed Aslan. Well, exactly. Like, oh, come on. Come on. Exactly. Oh, great reference. But You're um welcome. so there's iron deposits in some of the stones. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
So when it would rain, the altar stone actually gets red sometimes. Blood, blood everywhere. I love it. And so everyone, everyone was like, oh shit, that's where they killed a bunch of people and their blood is like rising up from the stone to like haunt the space. Right. Oh. It's not totally accurate, but still really cool. <laughs> and then some archaeological came along and they were like, no, 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 it's just iron. Like, it's fine. I want to believe. It's like the thing but, that rust happens from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they did find some, um, like a, a good number of like animal bones that have clearly been slaughtered yeah. there. So I think sure. there were some sort of animal sacrifices that occurred on Probably that a lot land. Of horses. There yeah, like a lot of, of goats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sacrificing, I feel like, was kind of par for the course. And you would, like, drink the blood and eat the goat and kind of, you yeah. know, make things of its bones or That's its skin. That's what the gods yeah. want. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Lots of Christians around the world still do it in bread form, yeah. allegorical form. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Drink the blood and eat the body. Yeah. It's always I distinctly a remember it as a kid <laughs> finally putting that together being like, no, why would I do that? <laughs> well, yeah, so, depending on what denomination you are, it's like you think it's either metaphorical or you really think that right. it's. Oh, no, no. We body. were raised Catholic. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> then it really this is the literally the blood getting <laughs> transformed and we're like, can't have blood till you're 21, though. Sorry, kids. Yeah, exactly. Not true. No, you can do it as soon as you're It's like sort of mixed with like water. I remember going to a Lutheran service one time, and they had like little, little like uh, like sample cups with, with <laughs> like little individual cups. wine. Yeah. I think it's around the swine flu time, so yes. they're being like mm-hmm. very cautious. But I was mm-hmm. like, "Freaking makes so much sense." Thank you. The Protestants yeah. get like real bread too, though. Like Do we they? get the dumbass wafers. Do they get yeah. real bread? I mean, I'm I'm Episcopalian, and we get the little wafers okay. too. There's some like I think like Baptists and like Lutherans. Yeah, get, you, like, get, like, bread. you get like you get like pita bread sometimes. because like my um, <laughs> I was a religious studies major in college, and my uh, professor who I had multiple times was some sort of uh, Protestant, and she's like, yeah, you know, like one day we were super hungry after a church service, and so like we had leftover bread from the sermon. We just like made PB and J's. Like what? <laughs> That's so great. There is something another stone at Stonehenge that points north that they think that like you know that was them trying to find like the north True star north, right? or something or yeah. yeah I mean the the astronomical theories tend to be the strongest um, that makes the most sense because that you know that's something that we can fact check like right you know even though it's been several millennia the sun still rises in the same place more or less than it used to so right being able like that's why I think the the shadow falling you know in the right direction like that's why it seems so compelling to me yeah personally just because you know that's how that that view looked the same, you know, when they first arrived. Well, that is something that I do wonder about because, you know, I know that the universe is expanding slowly and that, sure. like, as we, you know, circle the sun and do our rotations and everything, we kind of change positions. Mm-hmm. That 5,000 years ago, would it have been the same? I think How mostly, much have we moved? I mean, not that, not that much, right? So, yeah. I mean, like, the, so, like, the magnetic poles of the Earth shift slowly over time. Right. Real technical this episode. We're <laughs> <laughs> really getting into it. Uh, I'm really concentrating here. Uh, and Obviously, stars, you know, grow and die and come in and out of vision, but right. I, I'm pretty certain that the equinoxes and the sort of path of the sun is generally pretty much almost the same. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, also, star, like, there were probably different, slightly different stars back then. For sure. Constellations um, are a bit different. Right, so yeah, I don't know how well documented we... I think any shift of the sun's path would have been sort of not measurable right. by human scale. Yeah, so Stonehenge is probably still the same that it's that it has been for thousands uh, of years. Wild guess. <laughs> I, 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 I believe you. Yeah. I, I can really at least say things that. convincingly, regardless yeah, exactly. of how much I believe them. That was good. It's a real good enough confidence. In yeah, it. <laughs> that's 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 my whole thing in life. <laughs> like yesterday, I just walked into a hotel to oh, use yeah, their lobby. Should. Julia so we and can I play Pokemon Go. So okay, this is the story. <laughs> Julia and I were 
walking around one evening. I met up with her after we had had separate plans, mm. and we needed just somewhere to hang out. It was 90 degrees in Manhattan oh. in the summer. We we wanted to sit down somewhere. Air conditioning and Wi-Fi. That's all we wanted. Yeah, right. It's Times Square, which is the the you know the worst anus of humanity, yeah, if Seth you will, of, of the and world. <laughs> <laughs> really, just going for it there. Uh, so you couldn't sit in a restaurant because then you would have paid for something. Couldn't go to a bar because you can't bring ice cream in, which you wanted to do. Uh, <laughs> so what do you do? Logically, listeners, you just confidently stroll into a hotel lobby to sit yep. in their beautiful, well-apportioned, frigidly air-conditioned, <laughs> yes. outlet-rich lobby. So sat there, Charged ate our phone. ice cream, charged our phones, played Pokemon Go, freaking hot spots all over the place, <laughs> or whatever, so good. Times Square, great, and just sat there for a bit. Point being, you know, do anything with, anything without confidence. I got and, a lot of stuff from Cake Boss. Yeah, yeah, there was, <laughs> there was a, a Pokestop nearby at the Cake Boss, so we kept just screenshotting it and sending it to each other. Cake, cake, boss, boss, cake, cake boss. boss. Great stuff. And so it, was like, it was weirdly, like, his head was kind of cut off in the photo. Yeah, it was weird. Put it in the show notes. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh Along God. with a lot of mathematical equations in the show notes because we're yes. apparently getting very deep into astronomy yes. here. Yeah. We'll try to find a scientific brain to uh, help back check. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. Are there any kind of like lesser stone hinges or related myths in England? There are many lesser stone hinges actually. Lesser hinges. Um, so that whole area of England is kind of funky and strange. Oh. Um, because there are all these huge burial mounds and yeah. there's kind of like round, very clearly man-made little hills. Yeah. And they, some, sure. some of them have, like, little, like, doors in them where they clearly, like, would go in. Bury like, doors, bury, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. bury the person and then yeah. close it up. Um, and there's also these chalk carvings on the side of hills there. Hmm. And you see it from, you know, far away. And it's, like, a, a big horse, like, carved out of, like, the chalk stone on the, on sure. the thing. Oh, and man. it's been there for, you know, 2,000 years. That's impressive. And you think about how far you are and these things are you know, acres and acres yeah. wide like the the i think the eye of the horse is like the size of you know five people standing in, in it or something yeah, and so then there's a whole horse around it that's like those uh those sculptures in like south or central america where it's like if you see them from above it looks like a snake or something like that and you're like how the fuck did these people make this yes, you had yeah. to have like a like a fireman chain of people, of people like, being like a little to the left yeah <laughs> oh my god you gotta move incredible. that boulder that way and like you only have eight hours of daylight you know? right like, that's, that's, so that's what you're gonna spend your time crazy. on yeah. i mean that's what really fascinates me about all these kinds of things and then there's also Avebury, which is the largest henge in terms of circumference. Hmm. So um, it's the Avebury Stones. Um, also and in England? Also in England. It's, it's probably like 45 minutes from Stonehenge, like east yeah. of Stonehenge. And um, it's this really cute old English village that like basically hasn't changed since like, you know, the 1500s, those all the thatch roofs and Aww. things. Cute as hell. Um, and it's, like, right next to uh, Laycock, which, like, Harry Potter was partly filmed in, like, So Cranford it's a hobby and, like, like, so Yeah, like, this is, Family like, trip. Yeah. Go. Exactly. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is totally, like, the Hobbit version of, of England. Totally love it. And the stones are just all these, like, it's just around the village. So, in that context, oh. scholars think that it was, like, a protective circle. I was going to say probably, like, Heck a yeah. wall or yeah. something. Yeah. Or, like, um, you know. Right, like, like a, a way to, magic shit. Right, yeah. like a way to kind of keep like fairies and and all of these evil spirits out of the town. Yeah. Um, because one of the reasons the solstice is like a very magical time is because that's when it's assumed that the veil's the yeah, the veil's the thinnest <laughs> yeah. between our world and the other world. Yes. And it's a lot of people think that the stone circles I've seen are, Halloween town. I know what that shit's about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, these nice are great. <laughs> Um, that's, and, that's what we're here for. Yeah, Halloween Town references. <laughs> shaky, shaky science and the excellent Disney, <laughs> Disney Channel original 
movie. Decom, as I like to call them. I also Ooh. 100% was babysitting when I was like 14 or something, mm-hmm. and it was around Halloween time. And I was like, you know what's on TV right now? All the Halloween Town movies, and just like made the ch- like made the children sit down and watch like three Halloween Town. <laughs> there were like four of them that too, because there was yeah. Halloween Town one, two, and three, and then mm-hmm. Halloween Town High. Yeah, right. I yeah. never saw that one. I didn't see that one either, but I know it exists. Pocus Pocus is still my favorite, though. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. And <laughs> Tower of Terror. Those are, like, my two favorite scary yes. decoms. Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror. So it's Was based it off the ride. Oh, man. <laughs> it's based off the Twilight Zone. And it's like, yeah, it's like kind of a garbage movie, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's so We're not fun. in this for cinematic. Yeah, it is, it is yeah. my favorite. Like, my kind of favorite horror aesthetic is like Ooh. is either all people in like a mansion at night yep. all like oh, locked sure. in a place like the Christie mousetrap yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah. yeah or like old hotels oh yeah and so Tower of Terror is like there's a Shirley Temple type girl who nice. like died in the elevator because mm-hmm. it you know dropped to the bottom Ooh. and these people go to like rebuild the hotel I have, I have. Okay. this like this father and his daughter go to rebuild the hotel and they kind of meet all these ghosts and it's bad idea it's cast yeah. with a friendly ghost but with a hotel exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you can get a really great. good deal on a nice-ish hotel, there's a reason. Exactly. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. It's not worth it. Buy a sensible multifamily dwelling. <laughs> exactly. Come on, people. And there's, of course, you know, the obligatory, like, creepy children's song. Oh, in there. Yes. It's like They think it's raining, it's pouring, and the little ghost Like, you got a ribbon yeah. drifting down the hallway. <laughs> exactly. I know it's how like, this goes. There's, like, ghost rain. And Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty... It's pretty high tech for 1993. I love, <laughs> I love that genre of uh, media based on Disney Channel on, on Disneyland rides. Yes, yeah, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All good stuff. Yeah, surprisingly uh, good track record. Yeah, actually, I, it's not something that should work, and no. yet, and, and yet, and yet, <laughs> and yet, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> So, yeah, so the veil is thinnest in the stone. So I don't know if you guys ever watched or read Outlander. No. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing, and yes. I've only ever seen, like, the first three episodes Th- of the show. Oh, okay, sorry. It stars. I was confusing it with, like, some movie where it's, like, immortal dudes. Fighting. Highlander. Okay, good. Yeah, there can only be one. There can only be one. There can only be one Highlander. Okay. Yeah, Very close. Outlander is yes. pretty similar because it's also about, um, so... He's a Highlander. He's a Scottish guy, yes, right? Right. She is an Outlander. She's from England, and she's Ooh. like this 1940s World War II nurse. Back in time thing, right? Yeah. Yes. And she and cool. she's in the countryside with her husband after the war. Yeah. And she like ends up finding the stone circle out in the countryside and kind of like tripping through it backwards in time. Ooh. Alice in Wonderland yeah. time travel. Exactly. So like, if you're not careful around the stone circles, you know, you might kind of trip through into she a fairyland. ends up or marrying a super hot dude in the time before. Like, too. Nice. Super, super hot. hot. Yeah. Sam Hewen. Oh, oh, and he wears so kilts good. and is like, he's oh. got the Scottish accent. It's real. Oh, man. It's I'm real. Gonna have to look into this. It's, it's real nice. It's, I'm going to look into this. Yeah. It's, it's really, and it's stars. <laughs> they friends so they, like uh, the they can do really whatever they want. They can. You know what I mean? They can do whatever they yeah. want. <laughs> I'll just suspend disbelief about them like getting dysentery quite soon, yes. but you know, it's fine. It's yes. fine. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's fun. I've seen the first like three episodes, but I keep meaning to go back and watch it. Well, Stonehenge is like a, you know, obviously a national monument, national park type thing, a heritage site in England, but I do know that they allow uh, local, I think, Wiccans or pagans to do ceremonies at solstice yeah. time um, in the actual site, which is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, and it's something that they, they closed down the site because you used to be able to, as a tourist, go and touch the stones, and then people were carving stuff into it and chipping things off and like Don't being be a dirty. Yeah, like Don't being be the worst. Humans are terrible. Yeah. Um, and so they closed it off. So yeah, you can go and see just the stones kind of from the like outside. A, yeah, like a barrier. But then in the like early '90s, I think they all the druids and Wiccans said, you know, this is 
technically kind of belongs to us, which it doesn't really because it predates your religion. That's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but paganism in general, I think, you know, it, it, it can yeah. relate to. Um, and so it started just as them going to have their ceremonies. And now the summer solstice had, I think... 26,000 people there. Damn. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's Glasson, like Burning Man. It really, <laughs> honestly, I've never been to like Coachella or Burning Man mm-hmm. or any of that, but it felt like what I imagined those things to be like. Sure. Yeah. There's like food trucks kind of like on the road leading up to it. We got like a good like vegetarian like falafel wrap. Great. And there was like, there were amazing donuts actually, which is, nice. if anybody ever goes to donuts for the solstice, get the donuts. They're really, really good. Good. They're baked fresh in the truck. Um, <laughs> weird specific insider tip. But instead um, of like general anemic spirituality, of other festivals where you're just like wearing beads and like what are you doing like this right. is a, this is an actual tradition yeah. like, actual custom there yeah. were there were, there were genuinely like men there who had long white beards and like staffs and yes. robes Gandalf. Like, yes and like everyone was wearing flower crowns and it was really funny because I was expecting it to be kind of all hippies and druids and it's actually a lot of now like just people like me who are there to kind of observe sure and there were lots of children there not even like children yeah. of the druids just like tourist children mm-hmm. um, which was really cool yeah. and yeah and we you know there was lots of drumming there was lots of singing yeah. there were um, prayers and things where you wow. kind of you like thank the east and the west and the north and the south oh, and you like thank that. the stars and the moon and the sun and kind oh. of just giving back to nature and you know talking about treating the world well and all yeah. this kind of stuff and in some ways way more relevant than it ever has been indeed yeah. and this was this was right before Brexit so there were lots there of conversations happening about you know leave and stay and it was yeah it was interesting because some I feel of the like most are, of the hippies are probably all stays but I could you be wrong. would you would really think so it was surprising some actually nativism like yeah. tied up in yeah because it was leave, a lot yeah. of the older I mean there was definitely a huge generational divide in the vote yeah for sure. that and a lot of the older druids were very much to leave so that they can kind of have exclusive claim over their land and their heritage which I thought was interesting even though like there aren't actually that many druids left in England a lot of them are in mainland Europe so yeah Yeah. and a lot of the national identity of England like I'm not an English person so this is me observing from the outside and someone who's lived there briefly but um, a lot of it is sort of imagining a future or rather a a past for themselves like thinking you know what what based on our kind of like vague impressions of what we think it does and maybe should mean to be English like what what did it then mean in the past and kind of how can we you know selectively read which everybody does I guess is yeah definitely of kind of imposing some sort of meaning onto the history of land or and you know 5,000 years ago does it really or are those right. people really English? Or are they right, just, yeah. like, the few humans yeah. that were on yeah. Earth, you know? Right, exactly. Like, you know, does having... The fact that your parents or grandparents were born here, does that mean that you have any kind of claim or relation to people who lived here 5,000 years ago? Nah. I don't know. But yeah. for those interested in the kind of magical, witchy, gianty, tradition-y past of England, I recommend the play Jerusalem by Jed oh. Butterworth. Jez Butterworth? I've Jed heard Butterworth. Of, I've heard of this. Um, yeah. Mark Rylance starred in it um, on the West End. Oh, cool. And it was, like, the most magical line of theater I have ever had the pleasure of seeing. Wow. Uh, and the play is gorgeous. It's about, like, old traditions kind of limping along in present-day England. Um, and it's beautiful and lyrical and lovely, and I recommend it. Wow. Ooh. I will definitely check that out. Nice. That's very interesting. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Any final words or... I mean, that's, I think, sort of all that I know about Stonehenge. As for my own, like, personal theories, I... There is honestly some appeal to me of the alien theory. Definitely aliens. Yep, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> aliens. Um, no, I, I think I am of the opinion that it was a religious site. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes and sense. that it, 
you know, probably took them a couple years to drag the stones, but that they did it just out of sheer, you know, human Mill. numbers. Yeah. 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 So those Easter Island heads. Uh, historians have thought that they sort of had the stones stood up and kind of like like shimmied them back and forth. Like they would have two uh, lines tied at the waist of the head, right? And then they'll have two people kind of at 45 degree angles and then one yank, one yank, one yank, one, and sort of like like nudge it kind of down that the road. That would take decades. Cha-cha <laughs> uh, down to so- southern England. <laughs> uh, South America in this case, but yeah, no, oh, in southern sorry. England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will, I'll show you the, the moving image file when we're done. So oh done. my gosh, that's... That's crazy. I my other sort of the other funny theory that I think that that reminds me of is you know how like the henge itself is like kind of as a singular thing is two stones with a with a stone on top, top of pie. it. Yeah, with a hat. yeah, pie exactly. And there was one <laughs> hat. There was one guy who thought that it was just initially supposed to be all just standing stones because that's what they are at Avebury and those are a little bit older I think. Yeah. And that a stone accidentally broke in half, so they just like threw it on top of there and thought, <laughs> no, that looks nice. And I yeah. love that because that's such a cavalier theory of that it was like, like a so mistake. Human too. Very. Yeah. Like, yeah, probably close to the cool. truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're like, making a nice cake, the frosting gets smeared. You're like, that's a flower now. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm just gonna work it out, and that's oh, it's actually like better than what. I had initially planned. The stone is here now. We're not taking it away. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> but God, I like, why would they spend all of their time? Like, it's so hard to live back then and to hunt and survive. That exactly. Why spend your time shimmying stones down from whales? <laughs> so humans are great. Oh, humans are great. <laughs> and you are great. So oh, thank, thank you so, so much, you guys. for coming over and telling us all about stone. Lauren, do you have anything you want to plug? You're like the first person we've had that actually like can plug things. So go ahead. <laughs> well, go I will plug my own podcast uh, which is an audio drama so it's fiction but it's called The Bright Sessions and it's about it's amazing (laughs) so good hype oh thanks guys it's about um, people with supernatural abilities in therapy so if that's something that floats your boat or you think might float your boat check it out Uh, our season 3 will be coming out in October-ish so uh, catch up now and yeah thank you so much for having me on thank you for coming thank you yay Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings. If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. <laughs>